Good morning, church. Would you please rise for our first song?
please go ahead and have a seat, and good morning to you. <clears throat> this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That's pretty astounding, don't you think? Don't you think? Okay, good. Thank you. Scripture reading this morning. This is the text from which the sermon will come later on. It is John chapter 14, verses 15 to 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the word of the Lord. Before we start our next song, I want to say happy Mother's Day to everybody. Um, let's go to God in prayer. So if you would, please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for our, our worship together. Lord, this morning we, uh, we ask that you, uh, you bless all the moms in this room, all the moms watching online, because, Lord, we know that if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. And, Lord, we know that there's times that we can lean on them and ask them for stuff, and it's, it's just... Uh, one of those things that we are so grateful for them and we just don't say it enough. So with that, we also ask that you bless our time together. You bless the worship service we're having as well as the music we're about to sing. And Lord, we ask that uh, you do all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said.
and girls come on up front for the kids message come on up front find a seat on the floor up here all right come on up we we're talking about love and gifts today which is really pretty appropriate because today's a special day what is today yes it's mother's day and we give gifts to our moms because we love our moms, right? And good moms are a gift from God because he loves us. Well, last week, a friend of mine gave me a gift, and he gave me this walking stick. And what do you use a walking stick for? Walking. That's right, walking. And it can help you, right? So, so I've got this heavy backpack on so it can help take the weight off my back, right? If the, the ground's unlevel or kind of rocky, it can help steady me so I don't slip and fall, right? And let's see what else. It absorbs the impact on your knees so it doesn't hurt so much. And ooh, say we're, we're hiking through the woods and we come across a stream of water and we have to wade across the stream. We can check and see how deep the water is. And then if, say there's a critter coming at us, maybe there's a poisonous snake coming at us. This one's got a little point on the end, <laughs> so we can kind of keep that snake away, right, so we don't get bit by a snake. So hiking sticks are really important. They're very helpful. And you know what? This hiking stick doesn't just help me physically, but it also helps me spiritually. Look at this. There's an N on the end of it with an arrow pointing this way, and so if I look and follow this arrow down, 
it has these other signs on it. And you know what? These show us the story of Jesus because there's a down arrow to remind us that Jesus left heaven and he came down to earth and then across to die on the cross for us, right? And then this, this arch here reminds us of the grave, that the grave is empty because Jesus is alive. And then an up arrow because Jesus ascended back into heaven to prepare a place for us. And then the down arrow again because he's coming back to get us with an up arrow to take us to be with him where he is. So that reminds us of that. And let's see what else. Oh, right here on my hand where I hold it is Isaiah 49, 16. And in Isaiah 49, 16, God tells us that we are written on the palm of his hands. So he'll never forget us. He'll never leave us. He is always thinking of us because we are written on the palm of his hands. And there's a heart with an arrow that points up to remind us to love God. And then an arrow pointing out to remind us to love our neighbors as ourselves. That's the two greatest commands. And there's a bunch of other stuff on here too. Like he, he asked me what my favorite verse is. So I said Ephesians 3, 17 through 18. And that ties into what we're talking about today too, love. Because Ephesians 3, 17, 18 tells us that it says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Right? So this, this walking stick helps me walk physically, but it also helps me walk spiritually. And you know what? Jerry and Joyce Staker gave me this, and they are really great people. You know what? They helped. They played a big role in starting 1C Church. And Jerry gave me this because he loves me. And you know what? I know that Jesus loves me even more than Jerry does. Right? And Jesus gives us a gift that's really a lot like this walking stick. Would you believe that? Because let's, yeah, gives us a gift that's a lot like this walking stick. Let's see what Jesus gives us. In John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. So Jesus gives us his Holy Spirit to help us as we journey through this life here on earth. And he helps us spiritually because when we feel like the ground's not steady, he helps us, right? If the enemy's coming at us, he keeps the enemy away from us, right? And he's always pointing us to Jesus. And because the Holy Spirit lives in us and dwells in us and keeps us connected to God, he's always reminding us that our, na our names are written on the palm of God's hand because he's with us and he loves us forever. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That Jesus loves us that much. He would give us his spirit to live in us to help us as we journey through this life together. And he helps us spiritually live out our faith as we love God and love our neighbors as ourselves, right? Points us to Jesus and the story of our salvation. Jesus loves us so much. He gives us amazing gifts. Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands and you can re repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for giving us your love and your spirit. Help us to re always remember that you are with us. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up. Thank you, Greg. <clears throat> well done. Nice orderly movement forward and going back. Way to go, kids.
Okay, let's bust through these announcements. <clears throat> first, a welcome. If you're here for the first time, thank you. We're glad you're here. There's a way to get connected with us out at the, uh, uh, the, the first steps counter out there. You can go online at the website. There's all kinds of ways to connect with 1C Church. You can stop some of us, you know, out in the public spaces and just talk to us and if you have questions. But we are so very, very glad you're here. And if this is your 50, 60, or 70th time here, welcome. It's good to be in God's house together. Prayer requests. If you text your request to that number you see up there, 402-242-5051, that comes into an app that we have. We can print those off and include them in the prayers of the people later in the service. Here's a big one Sunday. That's uh, May 21. That's next week. A voters meeting for, uh, congregational voters meeting for the election of uh, leadership officers and financial information will be given out. That'll be about 1215 after the second service. So if you can stick around for that, that would be very, very good. BLAST is coming up. There's information all around this campus about BLAST. Again, you can find that on the website as well about what does it cost, how does it operate, what's the registration protocols. It's there for you to figure out. Class of 2023, graduates and school staff. This is, this is a significant thing. So next week, we want to we congratulate graduates. We want to say thank you to teachers and administrators, uh, full-time, part-time, paraprofessionals, all those people who get out of bed early in the morning and walk into public education. That's a pretty big deal. And we want to acknowledge that here in this sanctuary next Sunday. And I think that is uh, all I have for now. Uh, opportunity to serve online giving. Keep going, Carrie. Um, there's the Taste and See bus. I see that down there. And finally, there's the Church Center app. But, uh, I think I'm done. Unless you want some more announcements. Never mind. Okay. God sent his son, they call him Jesus, he came to love, heal and forgive, he Sweet. 
live and because he lives we come to this moment in the service it's time where we come to the lord's table and receive the true body and blood of jesus and prior to doing that it, it's a custom here at one seat church that we just have this moment of confession and profession prior to receiving the elements that uh, will be up on the screen for you let's just make this statement together i recognize and confess that i am a sinner i repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in and through his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. 
And if this is your true confession this morning, I welcome you to the Lord's table here just in the Here at 1C Church, we have some beliefs about communion, and they're up there on the, uh, on the screen. And one of them is, is that the bread and wine is the true body and blood of Jesus that you're about to receive. Um, there, I think we have four stations now, and so you just come to the middle aisle or out to the sides, whichever one is close to you, and use that old methodology of follow the person in front of you and hope they know where they're going. Okay? Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner also after supper he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.
May this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you, preserve you, and keep you steadfast in the one true faith. Go in his peace. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, our creator and our counselor, thank you for the beautiful and diverse ways you show us your glory each and every day. We offer up these prayers to you. For my friend who is suffering from health issues due to long COVID, praying for complete healing for her and that she will then be able to continue to be a blessing as a nurse caring for others. Prayers for the loss of a beloved mother, 
grandmother, great grandmother, and great great grandmother, Pat Steiner, Nana. May God have you wrapped in his arms when you left our earthly existence and be with her and the entire family during this difficult time. And happy Mother's Day to all here in this church today. Prayers of thankfulness to God for Chloe Maurer as she graduates from high school. May she lift her heart to God as she begins to navigate the next step of life. Let everything be in the name of Jesus. For all graduates to find their purpose and hear God's plan for their lives. Prayers as the cancer diagnosis wasn't what we wanted, but with God's love, we will get through it. Continued prayers for Cindy as she starts treatment this week. Help her to feel your love and the love of those around her. Prayers for the group at SOS to give them strength to overcome their addictions. Prayers for Adeline's health. Prayers for our friends Keith and Jen for the loss of their daughter Hallie this weekend. Dear gracious God, on this day in which we honor mothers, may we love and cherish the special women who have loved us, who have nurtured us, and who have prayed for our well-being. Our hearts overflow with gratitude to you who formed and knitted each one of us in a mother's womb. Lord, thank you that your will and your plans are always perfect. It might not be easy or always feel good, but we know that you see the big picture and you know what's best for us. You are always good. You are always faithful. You always have steadfast love for your children. These are truths that will never be untrue. So help us to live in light of those truths today. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. It is Mother's Day, isn't it? That word, mom, Oh my, brings up a host of memories and emotions. Uh, it does to me. How about to you? Yeah, it really does. I mean, some of those, many of those are, they're good memories. They're warm memories. They're memories that are rich in relationship and love. Other memories, maybe not so much. But there's a, there's a love that we can know that far, far exceeds the love of a mother, which is in and of itself pretty extraordinary. And that love that Jesus has for us, 
we've heard it already. We've heard it in song. We've heard it at the, in the sacraments. And we will hear it again in the text and in the bringing of this message. The love of Jesus, never failing, never ending. And so before we start, and although we just heard the text a little bit ago, I, I want to just bring it to us one more time. Uh, it is in the Gospel of John. It's chapter 14, and it's verses 15 to 21. Here's what it says. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father. And you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them. He it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the word of the Lord. I think it's important when we read a biblical text to try to give it at least a little bit of historical context and some background. Because, you know, we're, here we are, we're picking these, I don't know, eight, nine verses from a chapter. And there's all this stuff that happened around it. And there's all this stuff that happened after it. And so I'm just going to take a few minutes and try to set this chapter 14, um, verses 15 to 21, in a text. It falls into the second half of John's gospel. John's gospel was divided into two parts. And the one we're looking at today is chapters, uh, in, in chapter 14. But chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16 all make up this very long discourse of instruction that Jesus is leaving with his disciples. And so we've got this snapshot of a verse, verses coming out of chapter 14. And then when you get to chapter 17, that's what's known, commonly known as the high priestly prayer, where Jesus prays for his own. He prays for those who are present around him. He's looking into the future and he's praying for you and me. And these chapters... 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 are often known as the farewell discourse because these are the last words that Jesus had to share with his disciples. And then chapters 18 to 20, which we're not going to touch on today, but that's called the passion narrative. We covered a lot of it recently in Easter, the trial, the arrest, the crucifixion, and the resurrection of Jesus. So here's Jesus and his disciples. They're in the upper room. You know, it's Thursday night. It's, it's just before Friday comes. He's trying to prepare them for his coming death. And he begins with this unexpected action. It's recorded in verse 13. He washes the disciples' feet. You might remember this, this particular passage. This is not standard operating procedure for a rabbi. They don't do this kind of work. So, and, then, and why do this on the last night together? Why do this on, why, why now? Why this, why now, why here? Why didn't he do this 
along the Sea of Galilee? Or why didn't he do this when they're walking along a road somewhere? Why did he pick right now to do the feet washing? Well, he says, because it's something he needed to get demonstrated. It's a symbol of his entire life purpose. To reveal God's true nature as self-giving love. And this action also points back to Jesus himself as the one who would give up his life for the sins of the world. And then as we move on through chapter 13, we get to the end, and he pronounces this wonderful, great commandment, a new commandment to love one another as I have loved you. And there it is. There's what we have for us. We are to love one another in this self-serving, humble, servant heart way because it will testify to the world that we are his disciples. Then we come into our text, chapter 14, beginning in 15. Jesus reminds his disciples and all of us who are his followers that we show our love for him when what? When we keep his commandments. And he assures them that he's not going to leave us to fend for ourselves. That we don't have to figure out how to do this. The spirit is coming. He's going to send the spirit. So, Let's spend just a little bit of time, chapter 14, verses 15 to 21. We're not going to tease out every verse, but just a handful of them. 15 says, here it is again, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's a statement of how things are done in the kingdom of God. He requires this of you and me. This is an expectation that he has of us. We're to, we're to keep his commandments. It's the true and undeniable indicator of our love for him when we do that. In other words, the evidence, the indicator of my love for the Savior is to keep his commandments. This is not the first time Scripture speaks about this connection between keeping his commandments as the evidence that we love him. We hear Jesus' words echoed in the covenant that God made with Israel back in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. We will see there where this relationship between loving God and keeping his commandments is expressed over and over again. And why is this significant? Well, it's because the Old Testament is always pointing forward and pointing us towards Jesus. So I'm going to take just I'm going to you know take, take a little sidestep here and and read these passages from Deuteronomy, and I want you to hear them and then also be thinking about what Jesus has just said. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So here's Deuteronomy chapter six, verses five through six. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Deuteronomy 10, verses 12 to 13. And now, Israel... 
What does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. Deuteronomy 11, verse 13. And if you will indeed obey my commandments that I command you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. And finally, Deuteronomy 11, 22 to 23. For if you will be careful to do all this command that I command you to do, loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways and holding fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you and you will dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. Do you hear it? Do you hear the echoes of what Jesus is saying in the upper room on the night before his crucifixion? The echoes that go all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy. Which of course is one of the five books that's in the Hebrew scriptures, the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. All the way back there, they're talking about this connection of keeping commandments and showing your love to God. I've got a couple questions. One of them is, what does Jesus mean when he says, keep my commandments? Is he, is he referring to a list of rules like the, you know, like the law, like the Ten Commandments? Maybe. Or does he have something else in mind? What does he mean when he says, keep my commandments? The words that John uses in the original language that are not merely to be understood as obeying a series of moral instructions, but rather the language that John uses, again, in the original language is... These commands that he's talking about, that Jesus is talking about, they encompass all of his words and teaching. All of his words and teaching. Which in truth, he has received from the Father. It's important to remember the audience, the disciples. I mean, these, these guys have been with Jesus for what, three years plus? They've heard, they've seen a lot They've received a whole bunch of instruction from his teaching so that they can have a fairly good understanding of what does Jesus mean by using the word commandments. They probably got this. Maybe answering this question is to go back and latch on to that last verse in chapter 13. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this... All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That could be what it means. Keep my commandments. There's another question that I have that kind of presented itself to me reading this text. How? How are you and I to meet the demands of of his commandments. How do we do that? Because quite predictably, sin's always going to disrupt any ability that we have to love and obey. You can count on it. Sin will disrupt any ability that we have to love and obey. Any ability that we, any good intention that we might have to keep these commandments. 
And Jesus knows this. Jesus knows that keeping these commandments is simply not humanly possible. So we need help. And so verse 16 opens with the word and. Verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, period. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. This is an act of incredible love. We're not left to flounder, figure out how to do this. Out of his love and his compassion for us, he makes a way. He, he assures us that he's seen our failures, that he knows we stumble and fall, and yet he loves us. He knows there is no way we can obey him on our own. So he promises this helper, the Holy Spirit, the one who's going to come and help us just this afternoon, Forever. Forever. You have to forgive me, but I got to say it. Monday's coming. The Spirit's going to be there tomorrow morning when you get up. Monday's coming. The Spirit's going to be there. Incredible love. It's a promise of sending the Spirit. It has this added emphasis when in verse 18 Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. You're going to send you the Spirit, you're going to get the Spirit forever, and guess what? I'm not going to abandon you. I, I love that Jesus chose that word, orphan. It is a very interesting image, and it was purposely chosen by Jesus, I, I think. It was anyhow. Because he didn't say, he said it in other places, I won't abandon you. He didn't say, here, I'll not leave you on your own. He didn't say, I, 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 do, I don't expect you to fend for yourself. But he uses orphan, this, this powerful image. And maybe he had in his mind, because surely in that culture that he was a part of, he has seen orphans. He has seen children without mothers or fathers. He knows what that word means. He knows what it is to encounter someone that nobody is there to care for them. I will not leave you this way. It's also significant because in the scriptures, orphans are oftentimes in that, in that string of, of who we are to pay attention to as believers. Their orphans are named with the widows. Orphans are in the same context as the poor, with those who are marginalized by society. Orphans are part of that large group of the least, the lost, and the lonely. And he, Jesus, is our Savior. He is not going away. He is not. He says so. I will not. I will not. I don't have the experience of being an orphan. 
I know, who pe- I know people who have. And that's part of their story. And it may be that many of you sitting in the, in the uh, sanctuary today, that's part of your story as well. And perhaps you know what that feels like. And just maybe in those hearts who say, oh yeah, I know what it's like to be an orphan. Maybe it resonates pretty remarkable with you that Jesus says, I won't do that to you. I know what it does to a person and I will not leave you there. He simply won't. That is incredible love. So winding down this message, one final thought. When, when we read a text, whether it's a Bible text, if, if it's a favorite novel you're working your way through, if it's a newspaper story, whatever the text is, the, what's the first thing that we encounter when we open up a a book or a newspaper. Well, it's the words. It's the words on the page and how those words are structured and made into sentences and paragraphs. And why am I, why am I bothering you with this English lesson? Well, it's because it's interesting that what John does in verse 21, which is, by the way, a bookend to verse 15, pretty much says the same thing. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Here's verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Period. And as readers, what does a period do for us? Well, it calls us to stop. Okay? It's like saying, hmm, okay, I I think I got this part. My love for Jesus is demonstrated when I keep his commandments. Period. John continues in the same verse with the word and, and and kind of brings a sense of, but wait, there's more. I've got more for you. And he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. You probably heard the repetition of the word love. There's not that many words in that verse. Three of them are the word love. You and I, his disciples, we love him. He who loves me, loved by my Father. We are loved by the Father. Sitting here, right here this morning, the Father's love. And I will love him. We are loved by the Son. And I will manifest myself to him. How does Jesus manifest himself to you and I? I I don't get any memos from heaven. I don't get an operating manual from heaven. We get this because of the promise that he made earlier in this text. The Holy Spirit. Jesus will manifest himself to us through the Holy Spirit. And so John, being the extraordinary writer that he is, somehow manages to wrap up the Trinity in this final verse. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They're all there. One more time. Our sin will always disrupt our efforts to love and obey Jesus, but it does not get in the way of what he wants to do in and through us. Believe it, brothers and sisters. Your sin, my sin, it will slow him down. It does not get in the way of what he wants to do in us and through us. 
when we gaze on Golgotha's hill, we have all the evidence we need of how great is this love. Since Genesis chapter 3, God's wrath has burned against sin. Something had to be done about sin. And that something was the cross. And we read, when you and I read this text, John 14, 15 to 21, we, we are reading it as, you and I are post-resurrection Christians. That's how we read that. And so we are reading this text in the presence of the cross in the empty tomb. And therein is our power to obey his commands and show our love for him. Let's pray. We thank you, Jesus, for your word to us today. It is your gospel. It is good news. It changes our hearts. We are all hearers of your word this morning. Bring it home to us, Lord. Take your word, drive it deep into our spirits and change us and help us in this way of obeying your commandments and in this way of showing our love for you because we do that. Thank you so very much for the gift of your spirit. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please rise for our last song?
Everybody get down to the whole town, everybody get down to one. 